It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. This is a quote-unquote special postcast edition as we recap BYU's dominant 49-23 victory over UCF in the 2020 Roof Claim Boca Raton Bowl. I'm going to be joined by a special friend of the podcast, Sean Walker from KSL.com. We'll give you guys our takes on what we saw down here in Boca Raton. So without further ado, let's break into it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 20. 3rd, 2020. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to download your daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. I am pleased to be joined by a special guest on the podcast, a good friend of mine, a GFOP, if you will, a guy who's been on the podcast multiple times. I actually talked with us yesterday for a little bit, but we are recording a postcast edition in the immediate aftermath of BYU's win over UCF, that guest is Sean Walker from KSL.com. Sean, what is up? Ross, it's good to be with you. <laughs> well, that, that, thanks for taking the time to sit down with me to talk about this. Let's get your initial impressions. Are you, are you Raj or, or Davo in this GFOP world of ours? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. How many of your listeners right now have any idea what we're referencing? I think a few might. Maybe a few. Yeah. There's a podcast shout, out shout there. Shout out to the MIB. If there, if there are people who know what we're talking about, I want them yeah, to tweet. Yeah, don't tell them. Don't tell them. Tweet at Locked On Cougars and let us know if you know what we're talking That's right. about with GFOPs and Raj and Davo. Absolutely. That's right. All right, Sean. I'm the Everton fan here, so I'm probably more of the Raj, right? I, I guess you would have to be in a way. Yeah. yeah. Think about it. It'd have to be that. But anyways, Sean, let's talk. Anyway, about, enough about that. Let's talk about this win for BYU. Yeah, lo- coming at you guys live from the uh, south end zone at FAU Stadium. Yeah, it was a fun night. I I will admit that. The weather was phenomenal. We're here in South Florida. Uh, There are worse places to be the week of Christmas than Boca Raton, Florida. But BYU goes out and beats UCF. I'm losing my mind here. 49-23. The University of Central Florida. Oh, the? So we're going the UCF? Okay. Capital T. All right, there we go. Maybe lowercase T now after (laughs) this one. Lowercase T. Well, they lose 49-23 to BYU. Sean, I guess first thing here, give me your initial takeaways from this win for BYU. You know, I joked up in the press box of this one today about midway through the third quarter, second quarter. Okay. One of the middle two quarters. I can't remember. It's all blending into one a little bit, as a lot of the scores kind of blend together. The middle part of the game. Yeah, it was about halfway through the game, right on one side of halftime or the other. 
where I joked, you know, I think my biggest takeaway from this game is Coastal Carolina is really good. <laughs> That's actually not a bad take <laughs> at all. This, this was a game where we talked about this yesterday, Jake, um, and I think you and I were, were in pretty good accordance here. Um, this felt like a game, like it was going to be a game with pinball numbers. Sure. A um, lot of offense, high octane, high scoring, stud quarterbacks, two of the five best quarterbacks in, in the country, uh, putting up a lot of points. The uh, the over under I heard according to BTOnline.ag was uh, seventy nine. I think it got to seventy nine um, before kickoff. Correct. Yeah, it started it, at seventy two. I was gonna say I think it was seventy two, and then it steadily crept up pretty yeah. good, rightfully so. Yeah, in my in my humble opinion. Sure. Uh, BYU was about a seven and a half point favorite. Um, and you felt like BYU probably should win this game, but only if they could be the team with the ball last. Maybe get one defensive stop. Or just score fast enough that you can outscore and outmuscle and outpower uh, UCF. Um, and BYU held up its end of the bargain on that. Yeah, twenty-one points in the first quarter, two hundred and seventy yards yeah. in the first quarter alone. UCF, not so much though. I think the thing that shocked me the most, Jake, was how good this. And we'll get to Zach Wilson in a minute because I sure. thought he was phenomenal. But underratedly. How good was this BYU defense tonight? The game plan, the scheme, uh, coming in without a couple of usual starters, uh-huh. especially in that secondary yep. um, that we can maybe get to if you want to. I, I don't know how much we should say We'll there, touch on but, it. Um, but coming in shorthanded, and they held, they held Dylan Gabriel to 217 yards, didn't get past 100 yards passing until the second half. He had two touchdowns, but his first one came with five seconds left in the third quarter. Correct, yeah. Um, and and BYU just just absolutely manhandled mm-hmm. this UCF team defensively. 85 yards in the first quarter. 85 yards. Again, you could see BYU, BYU and their high-octane offense absolutely living up to their pinball number uh, mentality for the first three three quarters of this game. And you saw a little bit down the stretch of like, oh yeah, this UCF offense is actually pretty good if you let it go. Yeah. Um, but what BYU's defense was able to do in that first in that first half and that first quarter in particular, I think really set the tone. And in, in a lot of ways, again, we'll get to Zach Wilson in a second, but in so many ways, I think that's what won them the game. Um, let's see. Uh, 34-28 on first downs. UCF was 9 of 18 on third down, 1 for 3 on fourth downs. They ran 15 more plays, 88 to 73. Is my math correct? Yeah, it, it's late. Uh, 88 to 73, 15 more plays, averaged half, half the average yards per play, 4.7 to 9.0 as BYU. And BYU had more than 200 yards than UCF, 655 on four, to 411 um, on fewer plays. Yeah. No, and that's... Like, this BYU defense was really good, Jake. Yeah, they had an absolutely incredible showing, I thought, overall. I was really impressed with what I saw from the Cougars. Uh, I, th- I felt like the first quarter alone, those first two touchdowns, they scored them within the first five minutes of this game, and I, I really felt like that set the tone for this contest. BYU's defense, you're right. I thought had one of their finest outings, if not their finest outing, in their final game of 2020. The scheme was very uh, comprehensive, I felt like. This was a team, speaking of of UCF, they like to throw the ball. They like to throw it in bunches. Dylan Gabriel likes to put up monster numbers, and you're right. To only see him get two touchdowns and both of them coming in essentially garbage time 
just incredible. So I tip my cap to Elisa Tuiaki, Kalani Satake, Ed Lamb, and the rest of the defensive brain trust for BYU in that regard. But I felt like... Our boy P... Yeah, Preston, Preston Hadley. Hadley, yeah, Preston Hadley. I mean, I mean that that secondary tonight was yeah. really good. Well, especially I mean, considering they didn't have it sounded like uh, a few different guys. Chris Wilcox didn't play in this game; was unavailable. No clarification on that. George Udo, I can tell you this much: it's a pretty serious knee injury that's probably going to knock him out for most of the upcoming off seasons, based on what I'm hearing. Those are two guys out. But BYU, by looking at what they did tonight on the field you wouldn't have even guessed they were down their top cornerback and potentially their top nickelback. So just a truly impressive outing in that regard for BYU. Uh, Sean, give me uh, one other, I guess, thought here before we uh, switch over. And I do want to talk about Zach Wilson in the offense. We'll get to that here in just a moment. But anything else that stood out to you in this contest that we haven't touched on, maybe defensively or maybe even in special teams? Uh, well, one other thing maybe as good as Zach Wilson was, I think a lot of what Zach has been able to do, not just tonight, but all year, has been, it's, it's been a truly complimentary offensive mm-hmm. game for him. Um, and, and that the run game really establishes the tone of this BYU offense so, so many ways. And Tyler Algier tonight, uh, welcome back, Ty. Yeah. Welcome back, indeed. Yes. Missed the season, regular season finale against San Diego State and just goes off for 19 yards or 19 attempts for 173 yards at a touchdown. Just 9.1 yards per carry. Is that good, Jake? Well, uh, considering that- la- I think it was last year in the Hawaii Bowl when he had a monster game, I think it was 9.2. So. A down performance by that standard. I mean, for some reason, this kid just shows up in the postseason. He does. And he likes warm playing in warm weather. Maybe he needs to enter the transfer portal. Maybe he does. I don't know. He had a great outing. There's no just doubt Just kidding. I'm it. not suggesting that. He's the six- Stay with us, Ty. He's the 16th Cougar all-time to have a 1,000-yard rushing season, so that's a pretty impressive First since outing. 2016. Yeah. So there you go. So just an impressive... Yeah, exactly. trivia time. You know who the last thousand yard rusher was before Tyler Algier tonight? Jamal Williams, right? Yeah, that'd be BYU's all time leading rusher. Jay Swag Daddy. Yeah, so fun outing nonetheless. All right, Sean, we'll get to the Zach Wilson stuff. We got to talk about his monster performance here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, do need to take a minute and talk to you guys about our good friends at Built Bar. Sean, have you ever had a Built Bar? I've never had a Built Bar. Okay, Sean needs to get on the train and try these things. They are the best tasting protein bars on the market. I mean that sincerely. Over 20 different flavors. Whether you like chocolate, whether you like fruit flavors, they have a a flavor that'll fit your palate. Some of my favorites include uh, the Cherry Barcia, the Lemon Almond Cheesecake's absolutely delicious, Banana Bread, Mint Brownie. Also, the Orange is kind of an OG that I've really, really enjoyed in my entire time helping talk about Built Bars here on the podcast. Podcast. What I can tell you guys is Built Bar is perfect for the health conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain your weight while indulging in a delicious treat. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate. And the best part, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They're also great for the keto diet. What I need you guys to do to learn more about them, go to BuiltBar.com. Right now, when you go to BuiltBar.com, you can learn about the Built Bars. Order them there. But while you're there, use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You'll get 20% off your next orders a great way to save some money on the best tasting protein bars out there guys the best part about it it's a local company here in the state of utah we love built bar proud to have them as a sponsor here so make sure you go to builtbar.com use that promo code locked on and save yourself 20 percent on the best on the best tasting protein bars on the market all state wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere especially during march your eyes are on the road but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket 
Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, Sean, let's take a minute here. We do have to talk about Zach Wilson and just who? doubting who. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good question right there. Sean Walker with a great question there. Zach Wilson in this game. Never heard of him. Against UCF. Is that Josh's brother? Yeah, Josh's brother, okay. yes. Micah's uh, older brother? Micah's older brother, Micah's yeah. Older brother. Shout uh, out to Big Mike and Micah. Micah just got an offer from Big, BYU. Big Mike, listen to us. I would hope so. I don't know. Big Mike, if you're out there, feel free to reach out. We'd love to have you on the podcast as well. But Big Mike, give me a call. You got my number. We love Big Mike, and we love the Wilson family. They have given BYU some absolute ballers, and Zach just had a – he balled out. 425 yards passing, and he looked absolutely magnificent, Sean. Uh, I asked him the question in the post game: are you going to be going pro after the season? And he kind of chuckled and said, I'm going to talk with my family, and we'll work that out. And then a follow-up question, he said his kind of timeline for that decision was going to come uh, in January, not January, around New Year's, excuse me. So we'll see what happens with that. But if this was his final game in a BYU uniform, Sean, what a performance to go out on. Yeah, what a way to go out. I mean, first first comes first, before we even break down his stat line, mm-hmm. um, this is a place, Florida Florida has had some kind of a hex. Sure. The entire state of Florida. Not a particular team, not a particular stadium, just the entire state of Florida, the Sunshine State itself, has had this weird juju mm-hmm. that, that just casts a pall over the BYU football program. And it has for... At least twenty years that I can think of. Going back, I think I think their first game here was in nineteen seventy. The Tangerine Bowl in nineteen seventy six. Seventy six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I mean, ever since then, literally since before I was born. Yeah, it's almost fifty years. Yeah, this state of Florida. I'm not 50, 50 years old. No. I know I look at guys, but I'm not fifty <laughs> years old. Um, but yeah, so so this state has not been good to BYU. No. Whether we're playing UF, Florida State, UCF, South Florida. Um, FAU, I don't think they've ever actually played FAU, but I'm going to throw them in there anyways. Sure. Um, I mean, they just, BYU hasn't played good in this state. And Zach Wilson came out absolutely on fire, wins BYU's first ever game in the state of Florida, obviously their first ever bowl game in the state of Florida. I think this was their fourth try. I remember right. Fifth try. Correct. This was their fifth bowl game in the state of Florida. Uh, first since that Miami Beach Bowl. That we since 2014, play. yeah. Um, and and set a not not only so not only did he do that do all of the, did Zach Wilson do all of this in Florida and set a record in that way but then he goes out and sets a BYU bull record with 330 yards in the first half. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of quarterbacks would be happy to throw for 300 yards in a game. Sure. Yeah. But uh, he- Zach Wilson did this in a half. Yeah, and the fact that he finished up with 425 shows you how dominant that first half was for him. This was a game that was 49 to 10, and BYU seemingly was at a point where had they kept the foot on the pedal and just pounded it to the floor, they could have named their score in this game. And Zach was at the, once again 
They took a knee on the in the red zone. And the, once on the again, final drive. Yeah. Zach was at the peak of his powers in this game. So I was just astounded at what I saw from him on display tonight. Uh, Sean, I was sitting in the stands for part of this game where the extra media uh, area was, and there were two NFL scouts that I saw sitting in front of me, and I had a hard time making out who one of them was for a moment, but the other one gave it away almost immediately. He's wearing a 49ers shirt, and the 49ers have had rumored interest in Zach Wilson for the majority of the season. Then the other guy turns around. He's wearing a hat, San Francisco 49ers. Two 49ers scouts at this game. And my question was, okay, who are they looking at? Are they here for both teams? So I kind of was observing them as the things were going on during the game. Every time BYU took the field on offense, all of a sudden the binoculars came out and the notebooks opened up. UCF came on the field. They may take a cursory glance here or there and pull out the binoculars every so once in a while but they would check their phones and whatnot. It was pretty evident to me that they were looking at BYU and ostensibly they were looking at Zach Wilson and and evaluating what he could do. I I saw one of these scouts and and we'll keep them relatively anonymous. There were several scouts from several pro teams as as with all bowl games. And I saw one of these 49ers scouts that you're talking about, the one in the hat. Sure, yeah. Um, I remember looking down, I believe it was on Zach's first touchdown to Isaac Rex. Okay. Yeah, um, the long TD. Where he, yeah, where he hits him for his 30, 36 yards sure. um, on that route. And when Zach released that ball and Isaac came down with it, I saw his face like literally drop. Like yeah. like he gasped. Yeah. Like, like and he's wearing a mask. Catching flies. Yeah. No, but like you could tell like, sure. like he was he was open, like just yeah. stunned. Like, wow. Something about this throw mm-hmm. just, just impressed him. Yep. And like I don't blame him because Zach was making throws tonight that you really, that you, not only do you see them in the NFL, Mm -hmm. but you almost exclusively see some of them in the NFL. Sure, yeah. He has a very, and I'm going to use this word, even though I don't think the comparison is totally fair, and I'm not saying Zach Wilson is the GOAT by any means, so don't come at me in my Twitter mentions there. Mm -hmm. Um, But he has a very Mahomesian flair to him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just the way that he plays. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying he's Patrick Mahomes. Certainly not yet. Let's be clear about that. Um, yeah, but he's just just this improvisational, swashbuckling nature mm-hmm. of the way that he plays. No look passes. Like he likes to throw across his body a lot because he can. Like he makes these ridiculous reads and these ridiculous ridiculous throws and these ridiculous setups, um, just because he can do that. I I read a story uh, earlier today. One of the gazillion previews of this of this game. I think it was on ESPN.com, um, but it talked about the um, the the 60-ish yard throw that Zach Wilson made to Dax Milne for okay. the touchdown yeah. against Troy. Yep, it was against Troy. I think it was, um, and it looked like a it looked like the play was broken down and Zach got flushed out of the pocket and then he throws across his body all the way across the length of the field and and just hits. Dax in stride and he kind of rolls over the goal line, right? It looks very improv- improvisational, like, oh, yeah, broken play, and Zach took advantage. Um, this reporter talked to Zach about that play, mm-hmm. and and Wilson goes, yeah, I actually kind of pushed myself out of the pocket because I knew I saw something in their coverage, and I knew that Dax was going to be so open that if I just got to this spot sure. outside of the pocket, I could find him easily. Yeah. So when he looks like he's improvising on the fly, when he looks like he's just sort of making it up as he goes along, it's actually a very calculated risk mm-hmm. uh, 
what he does. And it's it's just it's so fascinating to just kind of watch the gears in his head um, turn around. Here's here's now that we've looked forward like that. Mm-hmm. Here are a couple of names from the BYU game notes that uh, Zach Wilson joined uh, with his performance tonight. Um, so this uh, this game or just the first half performance is tied for number five all time in BYU football history for passing yards and a half. Okay, joining Jim McMahon, three hundred seventy two yards in the first half against UTEP in nineteen eighty. Uh, Walsh, 261 against Fresno State in 93. McMahon, 354 against Colorado State in 1980. Detmer, um, Ty Detmer, who that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, against San Diego State in 1991. Uh, your boy Stewie had 330 against Cal in 2014. Um, and then, obviously, tonight. Yeah. That's some really good company. Yeah, and... He's been absolutely marvelous. There's no doubt about it. So just a truly impressive outing for him. Uh, to kind of go along with your thing on, on the scouts, is they, they were impressed. I could see it just in their body language of what Zach did. He made some throws with different arm angles off uh, platform is the popular term as well. There's just not enough to be said about the performance, especially considering this could be his final one in a BYU uniform. Five total touchdowns, 425 yards uh, passing. It just, man... I can't get over what we have seen from Zach this season alone, but he's going to leave BYU, Sean. Maybe not necessarily atop all of the statistical categories out there. Of course, Ty Demmer owns most of those. But what he has done at BYU and what he's poised to do going into the NFL, he's he's had he's fostered a lot of goodwill for BYU football, and that should be a benefit to the BYU football program as he moves now on to potentially, Sean. And one thing that people, I think, don't, recognize on this remember the last time that a BYU quarterback went in the first round of the NFL draft who it's been a minute yeah it's been a minute because it's, it's been a minute it's Jim McMahon if I'm not mistaken so it has been a long yeah. Long drought without a quarterback going in the first round of the NFL draft. So we'll see what happens. I, I'm interested to see where Zach's future takes him. He said that he'll make that decision here in the next few weeks, it sounds like, and we'll be tracking that here on the podcast. But coming up here in just a moment, Sean, we do need to talk a little about the coaching I, I will situation. Say, I will go say, go ahead. Uh, one more note on Zach. Mm-hmm. There is actually a record that he did come away with tonight. What's that? Do you and and this hasn't been passed around on social media yet. I don't know. If people just don't realize this, okay. or if it was long expected. Um, I'm trying to look up his full season stats right now to verify this, but I believe tonight's performance cemented Zach as the with the most accurate passing season in BYU history. It, it was 73, 73.3% passing Steve Young's mark of 71% somewhere yeah, in there. 71 or 72, So yeah. that is a pretty impressive record for a single yeah, season over 11 games. That by itself. Yeah. Like Zach Wilson literally put himself into, at the very least, the Steve Young category. You're a 49ers fan. Oh, yeah. Have you, have you said that publicly? Are you okay? I, I, the people know. Yeah. You're, you're a 49ers fan. I mean, at the very least, like, if Zach Wilson is the best BYU quarterback since Steve Young. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. <laughs> that seems okay. There's a pantheon that you have entered there that it's just. Like, I, feel like there's, I feel like there's maybe an NFL team that could use another Steve Young. I, yeah. I don't know. It's called the San Francisco 49ers. New York Jets. 
New York Jets. There's plenty of them out there, and we'll, we'll track that over the next Jacksonville few weeks. Trevor Lawrence. I don't need NFL silly draft season's coming up here, and we'll be tracking that all the way around. All right, Sean, I do want, before we go here, to talk about the coaching situation, be what you found themselves in, and where they might find themselves in going forward, especially when it comes to Jeff Grimes. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, need to take a minute and talk to you about our good friends, our new friends, by the way, a brand new sponsor on the podcast at Bet Online. We love Bet Online. Whether you're an NFL fan, a college football fan, NBA basketball, no matter what sport it is all year round, Bet Online has got you guys covered. Right now, the NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture coming into focus. College football bowl season, as we're talking about here, is in full swing. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust to place our bets here on Locked On Cougars. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today and you get a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On and get a 50% welcome bonus from Bet Online. Love this company, guys. If you'd like to get in on the act, don't waste your time. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in there. And don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit at betonline.ag. Like I said, a free account to get going here. But make sure you go and use that promo code Locked On. Get that 50% welcome bonus when you enter that first deposit at betonline.ag. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, Sean, as we wind down here on a Wednesday edition of the podcast, we were recording this very early in the morning on a, on a Wednesday morning uh, at FAU Stadium, but there was a lot of talk in this game about Jeff Grimes and his future. Part of it due to the fact that he was not at this game for BYU. Uh, a lot of different uh, rumors out there with regards to why he missed this game. And, well, there was a certain job that opened up stunningly in the lead up to this game that may impact his future, potentially. Should we lift the lid on that? Do you want to give it away or should I? Let's give it away right now. You guys now. already know. Yeah. Uh, Brian Harson taking yep. the Auburn job. That's a stunner. First of all, Locked on Tigers podcast for a second here. What do you think of this move? Yeah. For the Auburn Tigers, Jake. Zach Blackerby is our host of Locked on Tigers, Locked on Auburn. Oh, that's actually there. a thing. Sorry, Zach. No. Sorry, Zach. Z- Zach is a great. <laughs> I love Zach. He's a gr- good friend. He does a great job covering o- the Auburn Tigers. And uh, I got a message from him saying, Holy smokes, that was a stunner. And this was right after the news broke. So he was stunned by it, by, like, along with everybody else. And Zach's pretty well connected in the Auburn sports realm. He, he has inside sources, but he said it was a stunner. But yeah, Brian Harson leaving his hometown, the program he played for, the program he's led for what the last, I think it's eight years as head coach, something like that. And to go to Auburn is just a stunning development. But now there is a void at head coach for Boise State. And there happens to be a certain BYU offensive coordinator who, by the way, uh, yesterday also became a Broyles Award finalist, which goes to the top assistant coach in the sport Mm -hmm. by the name of Jeff Grimes. He's got some history with the Broncos. Could we be seeing Jeff Grimes wearing that blue and orange of Boise State? 
I mean, I think this is a move that if you're Boise State, you at least need to make a call. Sure. Um, and there are going to be a lot of names connected to this job. Yeah. A lot of very well-known names. And I don't know if Grimes is necessarily at the top of the list. I wouldn't think I can think is. of a couple that are probably a little bit higher on him. Um, certainly, Kellen Moore comes to mind. Andy Avalos. Andy Avalos. DC there, yeah. yeah. Um, Jeff uh, Choate up at Montana State. Jay Hill, by the way, Weber State's absolutely going to yeah, get maybe a phone Jay call. Hill. Yeah. I, I think Justin Wilcox could be a candidate for Boise State. Uh, yeah. 100%. So I'm not saying Jeff Grimes is the number one no. candidate, but I think this is a guy that deserves a phone call by the Broncos. Sure. Because he coached in Boise mm-hmm. in 2000, mm-hmm. which last I checked was an okay season. Yeah, it was a pretty I good think. one. It's all right. Dan Hawkins. The Dan, the, Dan Hawkins did a couple good things. Maybe the peak yeah. of the Dan Hawkins era for the Boise State Broncos. Yeah, give give or take somewhere in there. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, so he knows, he knows the culture. He knows mm-hmm. the area. He knows how to recruit there. Um, and Jeff Grimes is a master at recruiting the Intermountain West. Yes. Where Boise State still kind of makes its bread and butter. Mm-hmm. He knows how to recruit Idaho. He knows how to recruit Utah. He knows how to recruit Arizona. He was BYU's lead guy in Arizona. Yep. At least this year. I think last year as well. He knows the Grand Canyon um, State very, very yeah. well. So he can. So he could get the most out of that Boise area. And if you if you watched what he was able to do with this BYU offense this year. Mm-hmm. If you're Boise State, why would you not want to bring at least a little bit of that? Yeah, well, absolutely. To the and mean, even if some other head coach gets the, some other coach gets the head coaching job at Boise State, don't you let me make a phone call to Jeff saying, "Hey, are you interested in, be, in coming back to Boise State as my offensive coordinator?" Jeff Grimes is going to be in demand, and it's not just with Boise State. We've already heard him. I, I well, I can tell you this much: he did interview for the Utah State job. Yep. I have that confirmed by multiple sources, and you, I know you have as well. So he is looking to become a head coach. But there he, was definitely interest for him for a while with the Arizona job. Sure. I don't know how mutual it was yeah, necessarily, but, but, but I know somebody in that athletic department for uh-huh. a fact. Yeah. Uh, was very interested in Jeff Grimes. So he's yeah, going so to have lots of lots the, of chances. And the funny thing is, I wonder if a guy like Brian Harson might even call up Jeff Grimes about coming back to the SEC and back to Auburn, a place that he won a national title at as the offensive, coordin- as offensive line coach, and come back maybe as Auburn's offensive coordinator. Jeff Grimes is going to be a man in demand this offseason, Sean. And does he lead BYU? I can't say that for sure, but there are going to be options on the table for him. We've already seen them on the table. I do wonder if his if his goal is to go straight to a head coaching job from BYU, or if he's willing to take another offensive coordinator job before he makes that jump. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't have any insight with regards to where Jeff Grimes is thinking that way. But everything we're hearing and everything we're seeing from him leads me to think that he is going to have multiple options available to him. Yeah, and Boise State kind of hits that sweet level, yeah. I think, where Grimes is looking because he doesn't necessarily want to just be any head coach. Sure. Um, and when I say that, I mean Jeff Grimes ain't jumping for like an FCS head coaching job. He doesn't want a head coaching job bad enough that he'll take anything that yeah. comes his way. Um, but at the same time, he doesn't necessarily want to be just any old OC. He's he's not against just being any old OC. You know. Yes. He needs the right OC job to go somewhere. And I think Boise State is kind of it's kind of like BYU, where it's right sort of in that middle sweet spot mm-hmm. between P five and G five, where you could see him making a jump and actually seeing certain upgrades from where he's at at BYU right now. 
Yeah, I think the overall storyline, though, after an 11-1 season here, Sean, most likely a top 15 ranking coming for BYU when the end of the year rankings do come, you're going to see some roster turnover. And speaking of the coaching roster at BYU, mm-hmm. I would think at minimum you're going to see at least two or three guys probably get poached for other jobs, if not more than that. When you have success, the level BYU is having success at, Power 5 programs look at that and say, all right, they're doing something right. Let's go get those guys and see if they can bring their secret success to us. Will it ultimately work out for all those guys? Who knows? But Kalani Satake better start looking through his Rolodex of guys he may want to hire because he's going to have some open positions on his staff. Yeah, and and that's that's the key right there is Kalani is not necessarily the guy. He's going to get some looks too. Absolutely, by yes. the way. But I think Kalani's probably more likely to stay at BYU. Sure. So then you got to start looking down his down the mm-hmm. tree on staff right now at who can be picked off and who can go, who can be kind of. Uh, the next AJ Stewart, sure, will, yeah, yeah, uh, of of this group, and I I think you're right. I think there are several. Go get AJ Stewart and bring him home. Come That's on, let's, let's be currently unemployed. He may he may have some interest in coming back after moving to Arizona last That's year true. under Kevin Sumlin. So, all right, Sean, why hey, AJ? I know you listen. It <laughs> was a call. I would hope so, uh, Sean. Thanks for taking the time. It was a blast to be on this trip with you, covering this game. It was a fun game to cover, and BYU gets the win. That's that's the fun part about it. We'll of course have more coverage for you guys in the coming days. BYU in action today, taking on Weber State in basketball. We'll have a recap for you guys on tomorrow's podcast yes we will do a podcast on christmas eve and then we'll take christmas off and get back to it next week but nonetheless we'll have you covered with everything going on with byu and let's say something crazy does happen i am not above sitting down and recording an emergency podcast as you guys are probably all well aware listening to this podcast but sean thanks for taking the time thanks jake thanks as always for having me um did they just lock us in this place yeah, we're probably stuck. All right, if, well, let's go if, find a way out. If you see me tweeting about us being stuck in FAU Stadium, we'll 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 maybe put out an SOS on social media. So, all right, we'll cut it loose. We'll cut you guys loose here, and we'll go find a way and get home and travel home. We'll probably be traveling mo- during most of the day as you guys listen to this podcast. But nonetheless, hope you guys are all doing well. Have a great great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for December twenty third, twenty twenty, and we will talk to you guys manana. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.